Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Before we start, I would absolutely love it if you could go and hit subscribe. Um, if you're not following the podcast um, or give us some reviews after you've listened to this episode, it means that the podcast can keep going. Um, the more people subscribe, the more people we're sharing the love with, I guess. However, it is, well, talking of love, actually, Honey Love is on the podcast today. Um, I came across Honey during 2021, um, coming out of the pandemic. I Her name was mentioned to me multiple times in like a week. And I was like, I need to f- work out who this girl is. Um, and her music's dope. Uh, it's very kind of unique sound to to her, um, which is really nice. She's not emulating anybody else, which for me, that's really important. So I met her a couple of times. She was on a couple of lineups that I was on, um, and super nice girl, really nice girl. And I just wanted to get on the conversation and have a good chat with her really and let you guys know a little bit more about her um and where her career started and where it is now and her goals and everything like that so without further ado honey love honey love what's What's popping what's cooking how's it going it's going good yeah just early here in la so getting my day started it's not that early come on well no well some for some people some people are still (laughs) sleeping right now here they're lazy. But I'm usually, They're very lazy. Yeah, they They're are. Still sleeping. They are. I'm up at 7 a.m. every day. Go to the gym. Good work. I like that. You used yes. to play. Did, did I hear you used to play tennis? Uh, basketball. Basketball. Why did I think yes. tennis? <laughs> I love tennis though. <laughs> what? Um, were you good? Yeah, I was actually. I went to college for not a short time because I tore my ACL Oof. for the second time. So I was like, yeah, this is it for me. It's funny that with sport where you're literally going every day, you're training your ass off every single day. And then to like, did you want to go pro? Uh, I was kind of on the fence about it because yeah. I knew it wasn't that great for females mm. in basketball, yeah. but I was not really. Yeah. Cause I guess that's the thing is like this, there must be, so, especially in America with like the American sports, um, it's very much like you go to college to become a pro and then yep. you injure yourself and you're fucked. Yeah, exactly. But I wasn't <laughs> upset. I was actually happy. Really? I really was. Yeah, because I had fell out of love with it, honestly. That's fair. Was that when the yeah. music started? Uh, No, actually, I chose another route because I was going to go work for the CIA and that's when I went into the Navy. Oh, damn. You were in the Navy? Yeah, four years. Damn. What What were you doing in the Navy? I was working on drones, so I was an airplane mechanic. Okay. That's dope. Yes. Yes. How old are you? But I didn't like it. Uh, 27. I thought you were way younger for some reason. <laughs> but you're still young, but I thought you were yeah. way younger. 
That's dope. So did you not enjoy it? Uh, I did in the beginning, but then once I saw, like, I was doing the same thing every mm. day. I was like, I can't. I felt like I wasn't progressing. I wasn't doing anything with my life. I didn't yeah. have any challenges. It wasn't exciting. I guess that's the thing with the military, right? Unless you're willing to, like, give your whole life to the military and kind Some of Some people are. Yeah, which I am totally respect that if that's what you want to yeah. do. I'm, I'm here for it and um, whatever makes you happy, I guess. But yeah, it's a it's a process of... You've got to be in it for God knows how many years to get. I've known people who's been in it for 40 years. <sighs> like how? How? But I guess like it's the same with what we do, right? I, I know people that have been doing it, doing this for 40 years and they love yeah. it. And it's just, it just, it's just what they love. I don't necessarily, maybe because I've not really had a desire to be in the military, but like maybe it's just what all people know. I was yeah. literally, I literally just did a podcast with, uh, before this with Victor who, um, who books Elro, um, gotcha. and kind of books a few festivals as well. And we were literally saying, this is like, what the fuck would I, like, I wouldn't know what to do if I, if there wasn't music. Like I, no, I feel you. I have like, I've, I've worked like four, I've had four jobs in my life and in fact, three jobs. Yep, and, I've had three jobs too. Yeah, and <laughs> none of them were like I loved. <laughs> I at worked. All. I used to work at a fish and chip shop. That was fucking oh, so you? much fun. <laughs> that sounds fun. It was so and much delicious. fun. Yeah, yeah. But the the bad thing is, you come home stinking of like fish, yep. fish and fried food and stuff I like can, that. I can relate because I worked at Chili's and I would come home smelling like what's, Chili's. What's Chili's? It's like it's a restaurant. They sell like steaks. Ah, and okay. there's like some Mexican food. Just like a regular restaurant. Is it like a chain? Yeah, a chain. Oh, oh, I think I've seen that about. Yeah, I have seen that about. How yes. when did you work there? I was in I think my first year in college. I had worked there. Yeah. Just to get some extra money. Get some cash. It was in. easy. Yeah. It was right? super easy. Yeah, I had some fun times at the fish and chip shop. We would have a lot proper. I was like, I think I was like fourteen, like. Oh wait, fourteen? Yeah, we were. I I started working young. My parents wow, were like, going earn money, boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was young, but like started washing, started at the back washing up, and then ended up serving at the front. It's so much fun. It's oh, funny, it's isn't so it? Cool. How like I don't know about you, like I I was super lucky with I had a, a really good childhood. Yeah, um, same. But. It's amazing when you're young how many little things we have to worry about. Like, or I, I can only talk for myself. I can't talk for anybody else. But I look, yeah. I look back at those days, and I'm like, I had zero worry in the world. Zero. Like I, I was so lucky with like what I had and the the parents that I got brought up with and my friends around me and like, yeah, it was it was it was amazing. What was your childhood like? Oh, uh, it was adventurous honestly we went yeah. on family vacations all the time especially with my grandmother my grandmother loved to take us everywhere and my, and my dad too he was always taking us somewhere but we were always on the move we were always doing something we always went to like the Amish country festivals which I absolutely love the what country festivals the Amish country oh, okay yeah 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 they had fe- I live in Ohio so it's super country there in certain parts so we would always go to the Amish festivals and I absolutely love them what was it like growing so- up in as a kid in Ohio I've only ever been there for shows and obviously I didn't grow up in America. Yeah. So it's kind of like, True. yeah, what's it like? 
it was fun. Like when I'm younger, you don't really think about those things that's going on outside. Right. Um, but it was fun. I had a great time. But as I got older and looking back, I'm like, oh, this place is kind of dangerous. <laughs> it's like this place is not okay at all. And like now I rarely go back unless it's to see like my grandmother or my dad. But what's dangerous about it? It's Cleveland was yeah. I don't know if you heard of a show called 48 Hours. No. Um, it's a really popular show here, mostly about, you know, crime and murders mm. and Cleveland's always on there always, <laughs> but I lived in the suburbs, so I didn't see that. But once yeah. you left from that area, it was rough. Yeah. I feel that I live in Detroit right now. Um, oh, see? and yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty rough in certain areas Yeah, or a lot of areas. There's only pockets that are nice. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> that's true. And it's, that's how Cleveland is. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's really it's kind of sad if you think about it. We live in we live in a first world country, and there's still this shit going on. It is fucking wild. It really is. Wow. So sad. So I I want to. What's the process to going from basketball fucking your ACL up into the navy? <laughs> like what what into the navy? It's like kind of polar opposites, right? It is. Well, because I grew up in a family where a lot of my family members work for the government or they're in the police mm. work. So it was always around me. And, and I had military background from like my dad was in the military, my uncles, mm. pretty much every person in my family had some type of, you know, uh, foot in that door. And so it was just for me like, OK, well, I do want to go work for the CIA and work for the government and move back to D.C. where I was staying at originally. Yeah. So like I'll go into the military, get the background for it. And then mm. uh, that's what I did. Now, my goal was to get out and go work for the CIA and be you know, doing some secret work with the what, U.S. <laughs> what did what did, did you want to do, like, undercover stuff? No, I didn't want to be out in the field. I wanted to do more, like, um, international, like, affairs type stuff, like okay. doing deals. Yeah. That's cool. Yes. One of my friends in the U.K. is currently doing, I don't know if I'm actually allowed to say this. He's, um, I'm going to say <laughs> it anyway, fuck it. I won't say his yeah. name. He's currently doing, um, like under he work he's very high up in the police and he's doing gotcha. he's about to be trained to do like undercover terrorist surveillance and that sounds lit literally like some of the shit some of the shit he tells me is like you don't think about it or i don't think about it because you yeah. just get on with your everyday life right and right there's so many people just doing the coolest jobs really is maybe that's what i'd do <laughs> Try and be undercover. I don't know something that'd be fun. It's, it's dangerous though. You wouldn't be able to have a, like a life, honestly. Cause you no, have yeah, to, yeah. Well, my ex-girlfriend actually, her best friend was in the military police in the UK. Gotcha. Um, and he was undercover surveillance, and yeah, he got caught. He got found, and like they blasted him all over facebook and the internet saying that he's undercover and oh and, wow and then he, he has no job and like once you compromise his game over yeah that's dangerous that's a dangerous game to play <laughs> fun though really i guess is. yeah <laughs> tell you what's more fun it's being a dj way much Facts. more fun <laughs> i totally agree i totally agree so how did it start with with music going from military you've, you've lived a you've lived a fun life by the sounds of it you've, you've yeah. experienced a lot of things already and now you're yes. at the kind of the from how i can see it the start of your music career um yes. how did you go from military to 
to now? To DJ. Well, music has always been with me ever since I was little. Yeah. Um, I remember like in high school, I would write poetry and like rap over these rap beats I would create. So it was like a whole little thing, but I never really went too far with it because yeah. basketball, honestly. Yeah. Um, so once I got out the military, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, mm. but I was able to find DJing while I was there because some of my friends when I moved to LA were like forcing me to like, you should DJ, you should DJ. Cause you're like always picking the good songs. Yeah. You're always on the ox court. And at first I was like, no, I don't want to do that. But then they just kept pressuring me. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna give it a try and see if I like it. And I bought like my first little pioneer mixer. I can't remember which one it was, but it was mm. so small. And after work, I would go into my barracks and just start practicing. But oh, I was damn. practicing with, yeah, with house music. And I would be up all night. And I had to be up at like 5 a.m. to go to work the next mm. morning. So I would be up all night just practicing. Where were you I based? Uh, I was based in Oxnard, California. Okay. Did you do any? Like, did you do anything abroad? Did you ever go abroad? No, and that's what I I joined the military to go to travel. <laughs> for I really did. For anybody what? For anybody listening now. You literally just gave the biggest eye roll ever because it was like, I just, that's all I wanted to do. And that's all I wanted to do was travel. I really yeah. did. Fair enough. And it didn't happen. So you're DJing in your barracks at night. Yes. When did you know you were going to leave? The military? Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. I was only going to do a one year, um, the four year contract, which yeah. is the only one you could do. Oh, is that the shortest one? Yeah. That's rough. It is. And then did me. you go back to Ohio after? <laughs> nope. I stayed in LA. Okay. And and then I went to, I, well, I graduated in college when I was in the military. Then yeah. once I got out, the military paid for me to go do more schooling. And so I went to music production school. Oh, amazing. Right I guess yeah. that's one benefit from going in, right? Yep. It, it paid for everything. I like, I, they supplied me with all my gear to, you know, create music. Oh, so wow. It was, it was a plan. It was a plan that I set up and it worked. That's pretty amazing that they do that. Yeah, it is. Why Why do they do that? I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> but I know they pay for four years of your school and they'll pay your living situation, everything. Oh, and really? that's how I was able to really just dive into DJing and producing without any worries. I love that because like growing up in the UK, we, when I first, I think I was the first year where they started charging for universities. I didn't go to university anyway, but yeah. like it's so much cheaper in the UK than it is in America. It's so much cheaper everywhere in the world than it is the USA to go to university. Um, I guess going into doing a music degree, did you do music technology? What, what was the degree? It was music production. Cool. So like going into, did you ever think like going into this, I guess if you, if the military weren't paying for it and you had to pay for it, it's like the amount of pressure that comes out of that because there's no job at the end of a music production course. It's not like you're going to be a doctor or something like that. That's so true. It's pretty helpful. But yeah. Yep. Cause I don't know how I would have paid for it on my own, honestly, cause it was expensive. But yeah. It's fucking they, expensive. Yeah. And, and out of state. Yep. So well, no, it was in, it was in state um, here in California. No, but like out of state from your home from your home state, right? How does that? Because oh, yeah. doesn't isn't it cheaper if you stay in your home state? Yeah, it is. But uh, currently, at the moment when I w- did sign up, I was in my home state. Like I had made California my home. Oh, uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. that's cool. That's cool. And how long? So it's four years. L.A. University. 
when was it was it you were going into university going this is what i want to do as a full-time job or were you like more so just like scoping around and seeing if you enjoyed it well no when i got out the, i told myself when i got out the military i was like i'm going all in with djing i'm mm. never going to work for anyone else again i'm just going to put all myself just immerse myself in something that i really really love and like it kind of saved me a little bit because i was going through it in the military for sure but yeah. djing definitely helped a lot I love that. I love that. When yeah. did you start actually like writing music and we're like, okay, I'm okay at this. Cause it takes, it takes process. It, takes, it did. It took a while. And that's, I was working every day. It was probably um, early 2020. That's yeah. when I was like really diving deep into it. Cause that's, I, I came across you during, during the pandemic. Um, I think, I think it was last year actually. Like yeah, at, at the yeah. beginning of last year was, maybe when I first kind of heard of you and heard your name kind of showing up in a few places. And then when pandemic kind of ended in America, that's kind of when I heard, heard things pop. And I literally had like in one week, I had like four or five people be like, you heard honey love. I'm like, who the oh, fuck damn. is this? I was like, who the fuck is this honey love girl? Like, I need to check this person out. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's really interesting because you don't realize who talks about you generally. Yeah. Right. And this the, it is the good thing about this industry is it's 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 very big but it's also very small in the community small. that we're in right like how many we've been on the same lineup twice or three times yeah already what's it like for you because i guess like you've in careers you've come very quickly through yeah. And I know you're probably not where you want to be. I know you've probably got huge no. goals. Like I totally respect that. We all do, right? But yeah. you there's been a few artists that have come out of the pandemic, which kind of their careers kind of started during the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Um was there a turning point for you where you were like, Oh damn, I can actually do this? Because, and also it's like, if that was during the pandemic, how? Because there was fucking no clubs open. There was nothing. And like yeah. streams were shit and everything. Yeah, no, it wasn't during the pandemic. Because during that time, I was still literally trying to get my name out. No one knew yeah. I DJed house music. Yeah. Everyone knew me to DJ hip hop, especially in LA. Um, I oh, think really? It was, yeah. I was doing DJing all types of hip hop parties here in LA, like everywhere. That's dope. Yeah, it was a vibe. It honestly was. But I was like, I just wasn't as in love with it as I was with house music. Yeah, yeah. Were you making hip hop as well? No, not at the time. I was okay. just DJing it. Mm. So, but, carry on. I'll leave it. Yeah, that turning point, I, I would say, I think when I played, when I had my first out of town show at the Brooklyn Mirage with Chris Lake, and it was super early on mm. um, with them. And I was just like, wow, like it was a sold out show. I had never played a sold out show before. never even had played a crowd that big. Mm. So just being up there and experiencing that, it was so surreal for me. And I was mm. like, I don't know. I was addicted. I wanted more. Mm. And I really loved it. Like I had never felt that with basketball before. I had never felt that in the military. So to be able to feel that with music, something that I've always had, just really never like infested myself in. It was, it, mm. it was a really good feeling. And I, that really made me seem like, yeah, I could do this for a long time. And then when, so, so let's talk about that kind of first moment. Um, a lot of people were never going to have that feeling ever. A lot True. of people are never going to experience that. Um, when you come, 
the initial feelings before you get on stage. So the 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 night gets announced. Okay, your name's on the flyer. Mm-hmm. People haven't heard you. They're like, "Who the fuck is Honey Love?" Right? Exactly. You going into this stage, on you're you're going on stage. You're prepping for this for the set beforehand. What's the kind of mindset that you're going into? Honestly, just go in, feel the vibe, feel what people are feeling, and give them more of that. That's just that's honestly my main thing with DJing. I never plan a set. I just go in, feel what they're feeling. And I've always just, you know, I have, may have little nerves here and there because it may be a new crowd I've never played for, but just going in, making sure I just bring the vibes and just do stuff that I love and not try to do anything else that isn't me. Mm. No, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And then coming up, so coming off that stage, that first show with, with Chris, his his fans are mental and yes. they, they party really hard and they, they love it. Um what was the feeling afterwards? Was it like, okay, I need to get to work or was it kind of sit and process it a little bit and, and enjoy the moment? Definitely both. Yeah. It, but knowing me, I definitely wanted to get to work more. I wanted to, you know, finish some of these ideas I had. Mm. I wanted to e- immediately go back home and just start, you know, going even harder than I did before. Yeah. Was there a process where you just locked yourself away and was like, I need to just lock myself away and get good? Um, yep. Well, I, well, talk me through that. Right here in this room that you see, I'm like on my studio right now, but I literally just came in here one week and I was working with my mentor, um, Aunt LaRock, and basically just going through everything with Ableton. He was yeah. teaching me all like little bits and pieces, especially stuff that people don't even really, you know, notice mm. in that program. And so I was just there weekly and just uh, learning new things, uh, playing around with things until I got really comfortable with you know, with that whole process and being able to, you know, finish a song. Mm. So yeah, I did. It took it took me a few weeks to get it, and, and I'm still learning. I don't have the full thing at all, but it's honestly, I love it. It's a challenge. That's dope. So, did you yes. learn how to produce during during university as well? Yes, I knew a little bit here and there before I went to university. Just yeah. didn't know a lot, but once I got in, I completely deep dived into yeah. it. It's pretty amazing because it's like, it's such a, well, for me, like, it took me years to, to, to learn. I use Logic, fucking yeah. can't stand Ableton personally. But. <laughs> See, I'm the same way with Logic. When they taught us that, I was like, oh, please. Oh, did they teach you Logic as well? Yeah, Logic and Pro Tools. Yeah, Pro Tools, I'm like, fuck you. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I hate Pro Tools. It's like, I like, I like parts of Pro Tools, but yeah, it was just, it just didn't look good. For me, and yeah, I'm like, I can't open something that just doesn't look good. Um, but for me, I I think it took me about two years to get to the point where I locked myself away and then realized, damn, this is, I like, I can now actually make records that sound yeah. sound good. Um, it feels like nowadays people are kind of going through that process a lot quicker. Um, I'm not too sure what do you do you have any idea why that is? Uh I know for me I'm not my beats I they're okay but I, they're not dope yet. Yeah. You know, I'm not at my full potential nowhere mm. near. And so I don't I still feel like I'm still in that process mm. of you know getting to that point where I'm like okay now this is fire fire. Like yeah. my beats are I'm like okay this is good this is good but yeah. they're not at a point where I'm like 
like Kanye level, like, oh, this is some godly stuff. <laughs> like, that's where I want to be with, you know. Oh, fucking Kanye. I love that dude. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that dude. <laughs> he gets so much hate as well. But yeah, it's all know. good. Yeah, it is. Um, how do you get to that level, though? Just keep at it, honestly. I feel like me every day touching my programs, touching these keyboards, you know, playing around every day, mm. just doing something to, you know, get to that point. So are you writing every single day? Uh, here and there. With touring, it's been kind of hard. But mm. when I'm not touring, I make sure I at least get in the studio probably twice a week. I yeah. try. That's dope. I yeah. yeah, I think it's really important when you're, like, starting out to just, like, really lock yourself away and just fucking yeah. write as much music i've i there's i've actually not spoke to many people that are in your situation where their career has popped off at such an early stage yeah um how does that feel crazy because i did not expect it to yeah. pop off this fast at all i thought it was going to take a while like i really mm. thought okay i'm at the grind out for five five to eight years yeah. and i was ready to do it i really yeah, was yeah, yeah. I, that's how much i loved it but yeah it went it went way too it went super fast so from fast. so what was it that kind of pushed it forward like there, there must have been something and i i don't i've not spoke to you about it so i want to yeah. know <laughs> honestly i think there was a combination of things like my drive ultimately like i don't i don't let anything get away from me once yeah. i have my mind set on something i'm working constantly every mm. day to, for me to you know get to that point and also i felt in this industry it was needed like there's yeah. not a lot of females like myself in it mm. and it was something new something cool that actually okay this she's like she's cool she has good music let's you, this is what we need and she's a black female are you calling yourself cool yeah i, I think i'm cool <laughs> i'm a nerd too i'm giving you shit don't worry you are cool don't worry we're good <laughs> but yeah but that's what people just told me just like from things that i've heard like it's what the industry needed and like, mm. it's not just because it's what it needed, but I also have that work ethic behind it to back it up. Well, yeah, I think that's the thing is I don't like, I, I don't like that part of it because it's, yeah, it's very easy to say like, oh, you're a black female that writes music and that like anyone could do that, right? Yeah. Any, like we could have picked anyone off the street to do that. Facts. And there's, there's, sit there's, I, I speak about this a lot, like, with friends and I had a really good conversation with Sam Devine about this on the podcast. And I, this is my personal opinion. I'd like to get yours on this, but I feel like yeah. there's parts of the industry where there are just fillers where people are like, yeah. Oh, we have to get a female one or we have to get a, a black female one, or we have to get a black person yeah. on, or we have to get a trans person on or whatever. And they just fill the spot. Yeah. And there's no. no there's no like thought behind it. But I feel like with you is like you're actually doing quality shit, which yeah. is why it's deserved, if you know what I mean. I, I personally yeah. don't think there should be any filler. Like Me either. Ju just it's in it's kind of it might sound disrespectful coming from a fucking white dude, but I'd <laughs> I'd rather quality than worry about ethnicity and i i think that's kind of naive for me to say because i yeah. sit here coming from being white if you know what i mean <laughs> but like realistically we live in a world where i just want fucking amazing music like if i'm going Same. to a party i just want amazing music whether that person's 
black, white, Asian, trans. I don't really give a fuck, but that's this is yeah. me. So, yeah. like, and I, I know I can't, I know not everyone feels like that. And I know not every, the industry doesn't necessarily feel like that. And I know it's much harder for, especially for females in this industry. Um, but from looking at you and your brand and how you, and, and, and you, the music you release, it feels super authentic. Yes. What's your, we don't play. What's your <laughs> thoughts and feelings on that? Well, I know like for me, but they have, I also will say they have fillers with male DJs. Like there's tons of male fillers. So DJs. many. So many. So, I mean, at that, I kind of agree with it and I kind of don't because it's like, okay, well, if you can have these male fillers, you can have female fillers as well. But at the same time, I do feel like people should earn their spot. There should be quality over quantity. Like mm. that's one of my main things is, you know, quality. And I, that's yeah. what I want my brand to be. I don't want to just be like, okay, well, she's this black female we need to put on the lineup. No, I want to be like, oh, they're a dope, she's a dope DJ. Yeah. She makes dope music. Put her on the lineup. I don't ever want it to be, okay, we just, we need her on this lineup to, you know, fill the quota. I don't ever want that no, to be I, that for anyone. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And I, 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 I don't think that happens actually as much as what it may look like. I think people yeah. generally like promoters. I trust promoters yeah. know, as much and bookers and things like that. Um how does it feel though? I, I'm trying to get into this the feelings because I'm like, but then again, I guess you don't know anything different. Yeah, it's still surreal to me. Half the time, like this is my life. And yeah. I'm like, from the life that I've lived in the past, this it's totally different. It's totally new. I'm learning every day. So for me, I'm still trying to, you know, find the emotions to feel because yeah. half the time, like this doesn't feel real to me. It doesn't. Mm. It doesn't at all. It feels like I'm literally living a dream. Have you, how have you found being like meeting other people in the industry as well? How, how has it been? been, Has it been cool? Yeah, it's been super cool, especially meeting people that like I used to listen to when I was little with my mom, like MK, some of his older stuff. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Saunderson. I think like for me, being able to play on those lineups with those people and seeing DJs now that I I like, like Calvin Harris. Yeah. Yeah. um, Freaking who else? Uh, Peggy Goo, being able to be in those same spaces, it's super dope to me. Yeah. Because at one time I was the spectator. Now I'm like in that world. It's wild, isn't it? When you, it's yeah. uh, imposter syndrome gets me all the time. Same. Like big time. Same. Same. I don't think that will ever go. I wonder if Calvin Harris gets imposter syndrome. <laughs> I wonder. I have to ask him. <laughs> like, I have to ask. It's like, may, must do. Surely, surely we all do. Yeah, I feel like all great people do. All people and things that are, un- like you know, not a taboo or have imposter syndrome. I what feel. do you think it is? What do you think imposter syndrome is about? Well, I've been told. Well, I think for me, basically critiquing myself, like, oh, that was mm. that wasn't it. That wasn't it. Like, but at the same time, people are like, no, that was super dope. That was super good. And at the same time, I'm like, no, I don't know. Like, I always question myself, but. I'm like literally my hardest critic for real. Yeah. Do you the think hardest. that do you think that makes you better? Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it's a Are you the type of person that just always wants more? Yep. <laughs> definitely. I'm never satisfied. Never. How's your brain? I... How's your brain? <laughs> uh, trust me, it overthinks a lot. Yeah, it's fucking awful, isn't it? Yeah. I've lost and all, I have I've lost all my anxiety. hair and gone gray because of this 
See, I pray that doesn't happen, Lord. I pray that doesn't happen. It's gonna happen. I, I don't, maybe not lose your hair, but you're definitely gonna get gray one day. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. You can die. Hopefully, Fuck late. It. That's true. That is very true. Fuck it. I was with um, <laughs> Born. Do you know Born Day? No, I don't think so. He's he's a DJ producer. He's like a good good mate of mine, and I was on yeah. Facetime. He dyes his hair all the time, like different colors and shit like that. Oh, that's cool. Um, but I was FaceTiming the other day and he had it, his like gray hair with his like actual hair was that I was like dude I haven't seen you and then I picked him up the other day and he had pink hair and I'm just like fuck's <laughs> sake <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get I'm just jealous because they have hair he has hair and I'm like yeah I wish I had hair again well you don't have to deal with it you have your beard I have That's my beard yeah but I'm yeah. I'm always jealous of people with fucking amazing hair <laughs> I've never <laughs> had like jealous. amazing hair that's okay. You have an amazing beard. Trust oh. me. People wish they could grow that. This is true. This is true. I tell you what, people the wish. only people that compliments my beard, though, are like big, hurly men. <laughs> yeah, they want one. <laughs> Literally. It's like everyone's, uh, you get like people like, I bet all the girls love that. And I'm like, you know what? They really don't. Or maybe they do, but they just don't tell you. But like, oh no, I know I do. But it's like, I love it. <laughs> but it's like, you'll be walking down the street and you'll just hear this dude like, yo, nice dude, nice beard, man. And I'm like, fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a thing. Some dudes wish they could grow one hair. Yeah, true. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yes. What does your family think of everything? They're they are very very supportive, very supportive. Especially my my dad and my mom too, because she's like obsessed with Calvin Harris. When I told her I was going on tour with him in Ibiza, she was like, she didn't believe me. She's like, are they scamming you? I'm like, no, they're not scamming me. <laughs> <laughs> but she was just super excited to know, like, all right, like, okay, this is actually really serious. She's actually making a career out of it. Mm. And my dad, he loves all my songs. He's like, send me all your new songs. I'll play them for my friends. That's so cool. Yeah. That's amazing. One, you're doing the high party, right? Uh, it's the Ush- oh Ushuaia, Ushuaia. Sorry. Ushuaia yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you doing all summer, or are you just doing a few days? I just, I just have, I think one day cool. there, Which, but I'll be there longer. Are you gonna go out, out in Ibiza more? Oh yes, I am. I've never been. Oh, so have you not? Never. Ah, oh, you're gonna love it. What do you know? What date yeah. you're doing? Uh, I think September second. Ah, oh, damn! I'm doing August with them. Um, yep. Yeah, Ibiza's the best place ever. I know, I cannot wait. I used to live there. It's been like my dream. I've yeah. been saying I want to play in Ibiza, I want to play there, and now it's like happening. It's amazing. Like, your, it's, your career's wild to me. It's so wild. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me <laughs> I'm like, too. I'm just sat here, and I'm like, what the fuck do I ask? And I'm like, I just don't, It. it's just amazing. Like... I'm, but I'm also just like questioning everything in my head. I'm like, how has this happened so quickly? And but the Universe. thing is, the thing that's amazing is that, and please don't take this the wrong way. I take this yeah, is no like worries. purely in in a positive way. Is that you haven't had a hit record, Mm-mm. and it's like if you had a hit record, if you were like did like, and I know John John Summit did it. He was doing it for years and then had a, mm-hmm. a hit record, but. Like, if you came out with a hit record, I couldn't even imagine the pressure. Like, I, I wouldn't, I haven't spoke to John about it, but I couldn't imagine yeah. the pressure that he's going through each yep. time he released. I think he's probably past it now. But, like, I've had friends that, especially in pop, but where they come out 
with their record for the first like two or three records and their hit mm. records and then the pressure they have to be put on themselves whereas like you're in a situation where you can release music your music does really well on streaming but it's still like mm. you're not having to stress about it or do you stress about it I do low key because I'm a <laughs> like a low key perfectionist in some ways, but honestly, in some ways, it's not because like okay, I haven't had that big big thing yet. I don't have to follow it up yet. So for me, it's just going day by day. Don't chase what it. Happens. That's the yeah, one no. thing I would say. Don't chase it because yeah, I'm not at all. Yeah, at all. I, I if it happens. It happens. As much as I'd love a hit record, I think building the foundations from like. The, the beginning and like really growing a really strong fan base so your fan right. base aren't just no they don't just know you for one record right because the minute that record i feel i feel like the minute that record isn't the new cool thing like right you, you're then your career can kind of like fizzle off the quick like but i think if, if you grow a really interesting catalog of music your fans will then you'll find fans like i find this for me is that i find fans that know that like know the most random records that i'm like what how yeah. do how do you even night know that record like it did like True. ten thousand streams or something like that yeah um yeah it, it's fun it's really interesting how, how, it, really how it all works when do you get recognized in the street yet oh yes it scares <laughs> me Oh, it scares me so much because I'm a very, because I'm a Scorpio. So I'm a very like private introvert type of person, but I can be extrovert as well. Yeah. So having people know me in places random, most the most randomest places, I'm just like, oh, that's kind of scary, but exciting at the same time. So it means I'm doing the right thing, really. When was the first, can you remember the first time? Um, honestly, I think, I think it was at a day trip festival. I think that was my first festival I did. Mm. And someone knew me from um, Twitch, which oh, wow. was hello random. Yeah, but I think that was the first time that I had experienced that. I was like, oh, this is cool, but scary. Yeah, it's a strange feeling, right? Yeah. I think also for DJs, it's like, we're just DJs. We're just like playing records. Like, yeah, we shouldn't be noticed. <laughs> we definitely, definitely. are. <laughs> definitely are. Um, I want to talk about Twitch. Did you, is that how things started with you during pandemic for, with DJ? Uh, yeah. With the house to be able to rec- be recognized for house music, definitely Twitch. Yeah. That's all I played on there. Were you doing Which like regular it? things? Uh, here and there I was with um, LPGOB's Fem House. We did mm. like, uh, I think like a weekly show on Fridays and we did like a pass off or different females played. So I did that. And then here and there I did like my own stuff, but not too much. That's good. Cool. But I grew up like, really big fan base from that yeah that's what i've seen coming out of lockdown is there's a lot of people that have had built careers on streaming i i started the podcast during 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 pandemic because i gotcha i didn't want to do streaming it wasn't for me personally yeah i feel Um, you i was reluctant for a while then i was like you know what i might as well might as well and it worked out right yeah <laughs> did, now, definitely yeah. did yeah because i've 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 done quite a bit of work with amy l and she's like a good mate oh yes and like i knew amy before she was a dj and when she was just a vocalist and yeah. i she didn't even like really know much about house music she wasn't interested in house music and then she started djing during the pandemic mm-hmm. and you just like and now look where she's at 
it's pretty fucking amazing what the internet, the power of the internet can do. And also the power of how the world's changed in two years. Yeah. Like this industry's changed massively. It's pretty, pretty scary. It had, well, from, I'm just like looking at it cause I'm fresh to it as well. I saw a little bit what it was and now what it's becoming. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't think there's any negatives about it. It's just different. It's just change. Yeah. But I think what's, what I'm seeing is that there's a lot of people, obviously majority of the people are still from before. And then there's like yeah. a, a, a small percentage that are from like new. And I think what's, yeah. what's people are struggling from the old is trying to still do what they did in the old, in the new, if that makes yeah. sense. And it just yeah, doesn't it does. like, it's like, like shows, right? Like, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know your experience behind any shows, but like promoters, people used to buy pre-sale tickets. Like they, uh-huh. they used to buy a lot more pre-sale tickets. And now yeah. like people are buying like tickets the night of and they're yeah. we're willing to like spend more money to buy tickets night of, but they just don't necessarily want to buy pre-sales. And that's not, it's like super weird how, yeah. how it's changed because it's happening all around the world. Like every yeah. every club I go to, every festival not not festival so much, but every big event, they're just like, yeah, ticket sales a week, and then like night of, it's fucking slammed. Like, yeah, people wait last minute because like, um, oh, I may not want to do this, but then when it happens, like, all right, I'll do it. Or it may people just be cancelled, like because we don't know, yeah. right? Like, it's people still getting COVID, and people still can't travel in places and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting times though. It is. Like it, it is. It's I exciting. Like Changes. Is, Changes is good for sure. It is. Um. Well, what was the first record you released? Uh, it was called Free. I did it with um the small label called Pop Gang Records out okay. here in LA. Cool. And what was the first record that did a bit of that had like a bit of success for you? Uh, I would say Paradise, which was like a collab um with these two Parisian producers that I did. I mm. did the vocals on it. Um, it did really well, and but then I guess my next song, "Your Tongue" with Insomniac, really like yeah. took off. Yeah, after that, that did well. And then was the three six five after that? Yes, and that one's doing even better than "Your Tongue," and it's still you know climbing. That's fucking killer, that one. Yeah, that's my favorite. It's <laughs> my favorite. That's what what I was it? Like, we're getting better and better. Yeah, I, it's, it sounds great, and I've spoke about that record to a bunch of people. And it's it's oh. a it's a great record. Um, Thank you. What what was the process of like? I want to write a record like this. It was in a Zoom, one of my Zoom sessions during COVID. Yeah, that that came about. Um, it was just me, uh, this uh, vocalist from the UK. Her name is Tanisha. She goes by Jackson, and then this other guy we work with um, in my camp. And so we're just all like bringing ideas together, p- sending each other different ideas and songs. And then once we were like set on the idea, we sent it to um, Tanisha and literally within 30 minutes, she came back and was like, all right, I got something. And I'm like, yo, this is hot. <laughs> this is hot. And from there, it was just history. I'm like I, I had a feeling it was going to do really well. Yeah, it's killing. It's killing. Chris yes. does a really good job with his label as well. Yeah, I, like I, I, I absolutely love what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um how did the whole relationship with Chris kind of come about? 
I think from that Brooklyn Mirage show, yeah. uh, cause they had booked me last minute for it. And, but then my agent, um, Hamilton, he was like, yo, y'all should really like, you know, mess with her, like, you yeah. know, bring her onto the team. And then eventually, like, I guess they came back and after, I think after your tongue had released and, um, they were like, yeah, we want to work with her. And they start, they wanted me to send them ideas and I was doing that. And then they started putting me on all their shows. And so yeah. it's just been really family oriented, oriented, um, you know, label. And I really love like working with them. It's super important that, isn't it? Is yeah. for me, it is anyway, like having people around you. Like for me, it, it, at the beginning of my career was Dirty Bird and that kind of that yeah. crew then when that was a crew. Um, it just felt really nice to just, I think especially coming, I don't know, but for you, but like when you're new to it, to be able to have people around you that are like, yeah. Actually, they just, they care about you. They're not there f- yeah. to make money out of you. They're not there to do anything for you. They're there literally because they care for you. Exactly. It's really, really important. And Chris is one of the best for that, especially. He's, yeah. He's helped so That's why I like, the energy was there. That's why I was super happy to, you know, work with them. And I can't wait to work with them even more. Yeah, definitely. Um, what's your plans for the summer? Summer, so many things are coming in. It's crazy right now. <laughs> um plus well yeah visa we have that coming up um we have some some of my first headlining shows especially here in la i have a headlining show at day trip Sick. so i'm excited for that that's gonna be yeah. what, what do you know what date that is august 14th nice that's gonna be good so ex- yeah it's gonna be really good we're gonna market the hell am out I, of that one for sure t- let me see if i'm actually in i've never seen you play really oh yeah because yeah, oh, i've never come. seen you um yes you gotta come where is it fuck i'm not i'm in columbia oh take me with i've never been have you been never yeah i'm really excited about that um sorry karen less about me i want to talk about you (laughs) Um, (laughs) have you got anything else you're really looking forward to um there is like this i'm pretty sure it's confirmed just waiting for the confirmation but going on an australian tour with fisher and local dice sick in november and i cannot wait yeah that would be that would be insane with fish yes fish is like bigger than god in australia Australia. yeah i already know (laughs) so i'm excited for that one and i've never been so i'm like i'm super happy yeah and that's all i want to do was travel and now i get to do that that's cool do you have management yes Who's out your... of the uk named marco okay yeah what's the company called or is it just uh, it's, not, it's just him but he's going to he's um transitioning over to iata okay cool who who, so else does he, who else does he look after uh he works mostly with like songwriters he had a few djs he used to work cool. with Ferrick don um but okay. now he's it's me Haley may a vocalist that he has mm. as well uh and there's someone else that he's working with I think Gus as okay. well. How did that relationship How did that relationship start? Uh he found me cuz I don't know how he even knew about me but he found me. <laughs> it was so weird cuz my friend who I was working with at the time who I released the song Paradise with his name's mm. Hugo. He was like, "Oh, this guy Marco wants to, you know, talk with you. He's like really really big here in the UK. He works with a lot of dope artists and has like made a lot of things happen." And at the time I was like still iffy on managers cuz mm. I was going around talking to them. But I came to him, he started, he was telling me like everything he was doing and like what I told him what my vision was. And we, ever since we've just been working towards it and Love that. it's just been really cool. It was super easy for yeah. me. And I just like things that are easy. I don't want to feel like, uh, you know, a machine where I'm being forced to do certain things. I don't, yeah, I don't think anyone should be in that, especially when you're working in the music industry. It's like the whole point of it is 
you get to do what the fuck you want. Exactly. If you don't want to do a show, don't do a show. If you don't want to release a record, you don't release a record. It's like... Exactly. If you want to stay in bed all day, stay in bed all day. In bed. Not, not, not <laughs> that I don't feel like you would, you're would. you that type of person, but yeah. Like. No. <laughs> I'll feel terrible if I stay in bed all day. I really will. It kicks my ass. I can't... I've never stayed in bed all day. Like, if I get eight hours of sleep, I'm happy. But like, I, I don't have much sleep and... There's something about that. I just like, I can't laze around doing nothing. Nope, me either. I have to literally go up and do something, something, yeah. anything. I don't anything. know. We're just fucking psychos. That's all it is. I know. Honestly, <laughs> the only time I will lay in bed is if I'm uh, hungover. That's yeah. when I can't really do anything. That's really it. But that's rare. Very rare. Yeah, I don't drink. So I haven't been hungover in like 10 years. Yeah, see, longer. I'm starting to get away from that. Yeah, you, are you too, thinking so. about it? Yeah, I don't really drink that much either, mm. but it's coming to a point where like, okay, I'm not drinking at all, so no need for me yeah. to do it anyway. Yeah, especially when now you're touring so much as well. Yeah, I, I I don't know. This. Like I'm I'm sure you've got friends as well that fucking rave all the time. Yes. And and, and tour. And I'm like, I don't know how the fuck you do it. I'd be dead. Me either. Me either. <laughs> That's I'm like I don't get fucked up at all when I'm DJing because I'm yeah. like I want to be here for a long time, not a short time. Mm. Um, I want to go back when you said you were iffy about managers. What, yes. What was that process? Well, because I had a lot of I have a lot of friends who are in the music industry on the like hip hop side, and they always ah, have okay. like issues with their managers and stuff like that. So just mm. hearing stories, I guess, for me, it was just a little iffy. Yeah, you're but also in I, LA, where like everyone's yeah. a manager or every, everyone's someone or trying to be. That's someone. so true, and it's so annoying at times. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. LA's like opportunity capital. Yeah, but do you think it's do you think it is opportunity cap like do you think it's or do you think it's just people chancing? Uh, it's a little bit of both for yeah. sure, a little bit of both because people come here to you know chase their dreams. Yeah, some people. LA is full of people. That's that's it. Really it's is kind of what I love about LA. I'm not a huge fan of LA, and I used to live there, and I I wouldn't move back. But this the one beautiful thing about LA is that everyone not. Most people um, obviously don't want to generalize, but everyone that yeah. moves to LA is trying to better their lives and they're trying to exactly get something, which I really love. Like there's something beautiful about that. It really is. And honestly, when I got told that I was getting stationed near LA, I was like, something in me told me something's going to happen. Yeah. Something's going, and I didn't know what it was, but I, it really, it's so weird to me. Like literally something says something's going to happen. That's amazing. Would you, yeah. do, do you like living in LA now? It's it's okay. I don't yeah. mind it. Like it's tons of food places. Yeah. Um, it's good weather all the time. You know, even I live downtown, so I'm around crazies, but I don't <laughs> mind it. Cause I lived in the suburbs all my life. So I need a little rowdiness here. And there. <laughs> <laughs> For real. It keeps the you suburbs on your toes. Born. Yeah, it does. It definitely keeps me on my toes. Yeah. You gotta go careful down there. Yeah. It's, it's sad though. That that's the one thing that annoys me about LA. It is. There's no help Super sad. People. Um, talk, let's talk about food. Oh, my favorite thing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yes, my favorite thing in the world. What? Where's your go-to places in LA? Um, this place called Room Par. It's Thai food. Oh. It's authentic Thai food. It's so amazing. I go yeah. weekly. Really? Weekly? Yeah. Yes. The, like you, just yesterday, there was a Thai street food um, little sidewalk that they set up Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. And I went and it was just endless options. And I was literally like, this is heaven. Do you cook? 
uh, here and there. But since I live in LA, I literally eat out probably every day. So American. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I, I used to love cooking too. I really did. I loved it so much. Yeah. But it's like, why when you have all these different options? You should look. I'm surprised you don't want to. You're not like, I want to learn how to make that. I'm lazy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Americans are lazy. I, I can say that. You're definitely, you're far from lazy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, girl. Um, lazy in the kitchen. Have you been to, oh my God, I've forgotten the name of it. Icky Ramen. Yep. How good I've is that? I've been there multiple times. That Amazing. Is, that's my joint. Is have it? you done the uh, Omasaka thing where they give you like a food tasting? So I... <sighs> I'm not a huge fan of sushi. Gotcha. So I'll eat it. If someone orders yeah. it, I'll eat it. But I would never order it, really. Gotcha. Um, no, I feel you on that. So I'd rather just pick certain things. But their menu's really good. It really is. There's so much the good food buns. in LA. Yeah, the bao buns are great. <laughs> the karage is really good as well. Yes, the karage is so bomb. Have you been to Thailand? No, but I'm... More than likely going this year. Oh, really? My best my best friend used to live there, and she's half Thai. So I was like, I want to go when you go because she knows all the spots. Yeah, I've never been. It's one place I want to go. I tell you what, though, yeah. when you're in New York, I'll send you, if you like Thai, I'll send you a bomb Thai place. So I'll be there this weekend, actually. Oh, are you? Yeah. There's two places. There's called, I think one's the Thai kitchen. That's in the city. And then yeah. in Brooklyn, there's a place called Tong. I went to there. How good is that? There. It was amazing, but it was so spicy. But That's I could stop though. eating it. I know, but usually here you can um, pick the spice levels. There, they didn't allow you to change any of the spice levels. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And it was absolutely amazing. It's so good. So good. Yeah. Even I... though right after I had to go use the restroom, but it was all <laughs> worth it. It was all worth it. Yeah. See, I I grew up eating Indian food. Um, gotcha. Because it's like a very British thing. It's like, yeah, I guess like America is the equivalent to like America's Mexican. Really. Yeah, that's true. Um, and Indian is is my job. Have you been to Badmash actually in LA? Uh, no, I actually was going to go last weekend, but we ended up going somewhere else. That ba- was an Indian place. Badmash is pretty. It's probably the most like legit Indian that I've really? come across in America. Okay. Um, yeah, it's really good that. Really good. I'm about to go there. Because actually, when I went to London, I had I went to Dishoom, I think it's called. Dishoom's great. So amazing. I was like, this is next level. I have that cookbook, and I cook things from it. Do you? Like on a oh, that's lit. basis, yeah. I cook a lot. I, I cook more than I eat out. Oh, see, I wish. So like when I, obviously, because when we're touring, we have to eat out, right? It's like, yeah. like you can rustle something up in your hotel room. Um, but when I'm home, I cook pretty much every night. I might have one of your meals. I love. I'll cook for you cooks. if you're ever in Detroit or in the UK. I'll cook for you. One hundred percent. Say less. One hundred percent. I try. I try to do Thai curry from scratch. Yeah. Um, like actual, like crush the paste, make the paste, and everything like that. Yeah. It was like a process, <laughs> but I couldn't get all the ingredients, so it didn't. It was good, but it tasted more yeah. Indian than Thai. I gotcha. Guess. It's pretty amazing though. I love cooking. I know. I like baking as well. Do you? Have you oh, ever, do, you? do you bake? No, I'm not really a baker. I was more of a cook, cook regular meals. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what are you baking? I bake. So during lockdown, 
I I was never a baker beforehand. I could yeah. never, I couldn't bake anything. I was shit at everything. Um, and then during <laughs> lockdown, I was like, okay, I need to learn how to bake bread, and like, what? but do it properly. And then yeah. I start, and then I learned how to make sourdough. And now I oh. have like a sourdough starter in Detroit and in the UK. So I leave my I leave my starter. I don't know if you know how it all works, but you have like no. A, okay, so when you're baking baking sourdough, the reason why it's called sour is you don't use you don't use yeast. You kind of create your own leaven, create your own yeast, yeah. which is literally just flour and water. But you have to feed it like either every day or you if you put it in the fridge, you feed it every week, once a week. Gotcha. And that's like your natural yeast, which gives sourdough the like the sour flavor. Yeah. Um. So I have like this is this is so sad. I have a st- <laughs> I have a, a starter in Det- in Detroit which I give to my friend to look after and she's called Cheryl, not my friend yeah. the starter. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I then and then I have a starter in the UK that I get my mum to look after when I'm home when I'm not oh there my God. and that's called Sandra. So Sandra and Sandra and Cheryl. <laughs> Yeah, I love this. It's so intense. I love it. I'll send you some pictures of the sourdough. Please. Um, but I, I learned, I, the one thing that I'm the most proud of is croissants. I learned to make croissants. Oh my God, I love croissants yeah. so much. And they're so annoying. Like, it's such a process to get good. And yeah, I've only, I've baked them like 10, 15 times. And I probably, out of like that, that many times, I've probably got like two good batches where I'm like, really, these could, these are good, but it's such a process. I'd love, I'd love to work in a bakery for like a bit. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, honestly, that would be so beautiful. Yeah, just experience. Yeah. Although you have to get up at like three o'clock in the morning. So it's work. You got to do yeah, it. You got to do it. Got to do it. I, I can't that's imagine. That, yeah, I don't know. Have you been to um? <laughs> have you been to Tartine in San Francisco? No, I've heard of that though. I haven't been there though. So it's it's a bakery. It's Chad Robertson. He's like a, he's kind of like the poster boy of sourdough bread. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's, um, oh, I tell you what you need to go to. Are you probably been, have you been to Pizzeria Mozza? No, where is that? In LA. It's called what? Pizzeria Mozza. Nope. Never. So, oh, oh, actually I have been there. I have. It's good. So have you been to the Osteria Mozza? Next no. to it. So there's Osteria, Pizzeria, and Pic... Pic... I can't... Another one. But yeah. it's all owned by a lady called Nancy Silverton, who's like an LA. Gotcha. She started La Brea Bakery, which I'm sure oh, you've this, seen. Yeah. Well, yeah. So she, she, she owned La Brea Bakery before it turned into like a big monster of what it is now. Yeah. And then it's she crazy. sold it when it got too big. Um, but then she opened Pizza and Mozza, Osteria, and the other place. The other place is like a cured meats and like a meat Italian. Yeah. And then Osteria is the Italian, but it's she, they make all their own mozzarella there. So it's like a mozzarella bar. Oh, my God. Have you to have go to go. There. It's really good. Yeah, I have to go there. And then obviously you've been to the pizza where it's fully overpriced yes. pizza, but it's worth it. Yeah, that pizza is amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, anyway <laughs> yeah i can't wait i'm going to some tasting menu tonight actually in detroit and i'm oh really where at a place called freya yeah um it's my birthday next week so 
one of my mates were like, let's, let's go before you go away. Um, yeah. I've never been, so I'm looking forward to it. I'll send you pictures. Yes, please. I will. I Trust will. That's all I look at every day is food. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did, have you seen my food account? No, I have not. <sighs> where, you where have you been? You need to. Because I'm hard. Send it to me. <laughs> just been working, making music. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. been working. I'll send it to you. Um, let's wrap this up. We've done an hour. Uh, oh damn! It doesn't feel like it. It goes so quick, doesn't it? These go quick. Yeah, it does. Um, before we go, I always ask the guests. Um, it's kind of like the only continuity that I started doing in this podcast. And it's a question that I ask everyone. And it's what one bit of advice would you give somebody right now if you could? And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be around music. It can just be about life. It's just what, what would that be? Don't listen to people, outsiders, honestly. Don't let anyone deter you from what you want to do. If that's what you want, if that's what your mind is made up to do, do it. Don't let people tell you, oh, that's not realistic or you can't do that or you maybe you should do something else. Don't listen to them because when you listen to other people, you allow negative opinions to take over and deter you from what you really want to do and your pure happiness. And I feel, feel like people allow um, outside sources to deter them from things that they really love mm. and end up you know, regretting not doing it. And so I just say, if you want to do something, do it. Love that. Don't be scared. Just do it. When, when did you realize the that was how you needed to be i think when i was younger i was really weird <laughs> i really no loved shit. it I think cause no. <laughs> maybe maybe because all my cousins were like a lot older than me so i yeah. was a, i was a little bit more mature for my age and just like seeing other people's stories as well growing up mm. like a lot of close family members wanted to do certain things in their life and they never did it because mm. their parents were like no don't do that and I feel like it's sad because then yeah. they weren't able to really experience life the way they wanted to. Mm. Yeah, so I, I think just that. growing up and seeing that. I love that. Um, yeah. How do people follow you? How can people get to know where you oh, show? Yes. Are? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at honey love, love spell L U V. You can follow me on Twitter. It's the same honey love music and on Spotify too. You can check out some dope tunes, honey love L U V. Do it people. It's going to be yes. massive. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, mate. Keep in touch. Oh, thank you. Uh, hopefully, see you in the summer. Um, yes. I'll let you know when I'm in LA. We'll go for din- go for dinner. Grab some food. Yes. Oh my god, I would love that. Cool. Sounds good. Keep safe. Uh, see you soon. Thank you. You too. Peace. Well. Bye. Thank you. And that is a wrap. Love that one. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, please share it. Please subscribe. Keep safe. See you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.